My name is Trip Gorman, and in this episode of SME VC, I sat down with Ignacio Macias, the co-founder and CEO of Winwood House, a decentralized boutique hotel with locations across Latin America built to cater to travelers who aspire for the quality and consistency of a luxury hotel without the price tag. Prior to founding Winwood House, Ignacio was a business analyst at McKinsey, and before that, an advisory and corporate finance intern at KPMG. In this episode of SME VC, we discussed building and scaling a tech-empowered brick-and-mortar business in Latin America, how Winwood House chooses building locations and prices their rooms, how COVID-19 affected Winwood House and the hospitality industry in Latin America, and why Ignacio believes doing business across Latin America is more similar than it is different. We discussed all this and more in this episode of SMEA VC. Okay, Ignacio, could you start by telling the audience a bit more about your work history up to and including your current role at Winwood House? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'll start a little bit. I was born and raised in, in Lima, Peru. Uh, I, I went to worked at, went to undergrad at Cornell University, studied applied economics and management. And then I went into consulting. I worked at McKinsey for a couple of years based in, in Lima but ba basically based off of projects all over South America. So I've worked in five industries in four different countries for two years. I loved it, but I always knew I wanted to do something of my own, started a company. And that's when we started Winwood House, uh, where I'm currently co-founder and CEO uh, three and a half years ago. Amazing. So I think some people might've heard of Winwood House. They might've stayed at Winwood House, but I'm going to ask this intro question to kind of tell people exactly where it is on the map. So could you compare and contrast Winwood House to all available competitors, including a high-end hotel, low-end hotel, Sonder, Airbnb, Friends House? T tell us a little bit more about where Winwood House sits in that matrix. Perfect, perfect. And for some, uh, I'll give a brief intro. So Winwood House is uh, a network of fully furnished and flexible stays, um, apartments you can rent from one night to a year. Currently, we are operating in Peru, Colombia, Mexico, and, and Panama. And the objective is to be able to maintain the essence of traveling like you're visiting a friend in fully furnished, authentic apartments and villas, but um, with standardizing level of quality, service, and amenities throughout the region and, and soon the world. So right now, we position ourselves, we're targeting modern young travelers, uh, usually between 25, 35-year-olds, um, and people who are staying for longer stays, digital nomads, and we're usually priced at around 50% of the price that you would get in a comparable hotel in the same area. So it's, it's, we're, we're really looking for those travelers who are trying to maximize their, what they get out of their, the price and, and, and yeah, growing fast. Amazing. Could you tell us a little bit more about the neighborhoods that Winwoods are located in? And then if you look at the website, there's like certain amenities that you guys offer that are standardized. Could you tell us a little bit more about those as well? Yeah, of course. So I would say the, the main filter when we're choosing and deciding what Winwood houses join our portfolio, the first one is location. So we only operate in the main areas of each city. So for example, in Mexico City, we're in Condesa, Roma, Polanco. Uh, in Lima, we're in Barranco, Miraflores, San Isidro. Uh, in, in Bogota, we're around Parque 93, Parque Virrey. So, so the location, we're always looking for places where we would personally recommend our friends to go and stay. And it's usually where it's more friendly for tourists, uh, where the, you have a lot more restaurants, nightlife, um, and activities going on. And then tell us a little bit more about those amenities that are standardized across all the locations. Yeah, of course. So we have a different couple of sets. So the first one is 
basic amenities that you get when you arrive at the apartment. So that includes, you know, the, the typical shampoos, uh, conditioners, all that that we usually work with local producers. Then when you get into the apartment, you get a couple of, you know, a business traveler perks, you know, the, the, the pens, you get the notepads, you get a couple of night, uh, how do you call them? The, the, the not, not night goggles. Yeah, um, yeah, like the eye shades, and- yeah. Exactly, exactly. The eye shades. And then we basically add a couple of amenities add-ons. So if you want the taxi to the airport, you can add it on your reservation. If you want to fill your fridge pack when you get there and basically the groceries, bottle of wine, beer, whatever you want for your stay is already waiting for you inside the apartment. If you want to book a massage, you can also do that previously. Um, And then we've added a concept that we're piloting. We have it in, in Lima in Mexico City. That's Casa Winwood. So what we saw, and this was actually one of the main concepts that we had when we started, is that an apartment works great if you're traveling. Um, you get a bigger apartment, much bigger than a hotel room, and a more affordable price. But a lot of times, if the building doesn't have amenities, you don't have those extra extra perks that a hotel usually gives you. So we're adding a clubhouse, a concept house in each city um, where you have access to a co-working, a gym. Um, in some of them, we're, we're having a rooftop bar, restaurant, and so you can be able to meet people and, and interesting locals, internationals, wherever you, whenever you uh, fly and, and, and experience and travel with Winwood. Amazing. So you mentioned Colombia, Mexico, Peru, Panama. Where are you guys going next? Where are going to be those? You have the Winwood houses, uh, the Casa Winwoods in Mexico and Peru. Where, where are the next ones going to be a couple of years from now? Where, where will people be able to stay? So we're actually looking at the first Casa Winwood in, in Colombia. Um, we still don't know the exact location yet. And we're, we're finalizing some details, so we'll be announcing that one soon. And we also have a Casa Winwood in the works in Panama. So I would say in the next 12 months, um, the plan is to have a Casa Winwood in each of the countries where we operate. And this year, we're actually opening a couple of new, new countries. Um, we already have our first building in, in Madrid which we're opening up around August, September of this year. Um, and we already have confirmed our opening, our launch to Chile and, and Miami as an opener into the US market. So so yeah, it's, it's exciting, uh, growing fast. And, and yeah, it's a really exciting time of taking Winwood House from Latin America to, to the world. So definitely not, a, not an easy step. Well, that's very exciting. You mentioned that you're staying in the Casa Winwood in Peru right now. Tell us a little bit more about what you've learned by staying at the locations and maybe some things you've learned from your past days that you've incorporated into future iterations of the product? I think, no, to be honest, I think it's the, the best way to really learn and, and experience your product is, is living it, living through it and, and testing it out. I have to be extra sneaky now so the, the team doesn't know that it's I'm the one who's staying there so they don't, they don't do anything different. So I'm always doing mystery shopping, changing the booking name. Um, and I'm constantly living, living out of Winwood houses. Uh, I'm moving two to three, every two, three weeks. Uh, living out of a suitcase so it's been great uh, testing out really what a digital nomad needs wants uh, the level of, of, of amenities uh, how the customer experience is working and and in the end the uh, there's there's a whole logistics component of our business that's super important uh, you might have a great marketing campaign a great website great design in the pictures but if you get to the apartment and it's not in in great shape uh, the concept and standard standardization doesn't work at all so so I think it's it's really helped me uh, to see what's working, see what processes need improvement, see where we have to strengthen our team. And and yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to live out of a suitcase forever, but at least for now, it's it's working. 
Fair enough. And so how many staff members are full-time working at each of these homes, or is it is it just cleaning staff that come in after the stay? Could you tell us a little bit more about the human capital component of how Wynwood operates? Yeah, well, right now we're, we're proud. We just passed the 500 Wynwood employee mark. Um, so we have that's 500 full-time employees uh, in four countries. Crazy to, start, to think that we started three and a half years ago. And, and it's one of the metrics that we're most proud of. Um, in the end, we, when we started, there were some people, when we talked to a couple of investors and people, some people said, yes, it's, you, you need a big team to be able to run, operate this at scale. And, and for us, it wasn't that big of a, a deterrent. It was more of an opportunity to be able to give employment to people, especially in Latin American cities. And, and yeah, so we have 500 people right now working in four countries. And, and based on our projections, we should be surpassing around 800 towards the end of the year. Wow. Wow, that's very interesting. So you're staying at the Casa Winwood right now. Have you interacted? I'm obviously, you've gotten customer feedback, maybe formally at, or even informally, just bumping into people while you're staying at the locations. What's something you've learned from a customer that maybe you didn't even think about iterating into the product? That's that's a great question. Um, for me, one of the we have a couple of different customer journeys, no? So, so yesterday actually I was working out of this same co-working site, and and I had I, I I reserved the co-working room, but a guest walked in during my meeting and sat down, and, and I couldn't kick them out, you know. So so I eventually started talking to them and 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 asking for their feedback, and they said that they met met Winwood House and Casa Winwood completely by accident. They were walking around Barranco, saw the house in Lima. Loved it. Walked in, booked for a couple of nights. They were they were um, American tourists that were that were staying in Lima for a couple of weeks, and they said that they, based on their experience, which was exclusively offline, which yes, it's it's a very small percentage of people that encounter Winwood House through this this type of just walking out around the streets and booking. But they said they would have never imagined that we managed over a thousand properties in more than four countries. Um, so maybe taking a, adding that component. We, we have a lot of branded items inside the apart, inside the rooms and the apartments, but adding that extra component uh, or pushing that loyalty program once they're there in physical so they can uh, get connected to the brand and, and, and look for us in their next trips. I love that. I love the walk-up market for, for what with that. And that's <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Yeah. And so you mentioned the loyalty component. How do you get people loyal? Well, it's... We're actually... We've been doing a lot of work in this, in this area recently. Um, we saw that we're actually excited about this metric. Out of all the people that stay at Winwood House in the past year, um, almost 30% of them have booked twice or more with us. And considering that we're in six six cities in four countries, it's not easy to get recurring customers. So so, so at, at the first start, it, it means that people like the product and they're coming back. Um, but right now we're, we're about to launch our new loyalty program, um, which is going to be well, very aggressive in terms of, of customer points and redemption and, and being able to, to, to book nights based on points, but also we're adding a big component of additional perks and discounts with other allied brands uh, that with, with perks that people want when they travel. And this has been, you just asked me about hearing about listening to our customers and, and asking what they really want. Um, we've been doing a lot of that over the past uh, month and a half, I would say. And so discounts in, in, Allied restaurants, gyms, um, car rentals, uh, massages, and and a lot of different things that 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 really help your experience. You know? so going beyond that just nice apartment, nice hotel room, 
um, and really changing the, the way people travel. So it looks like a lot of Wynwood is focused on this kind of new 25 to 35 year old. You mentioned the digital nomad term. What percent of the market are you attacking that's like the traditional corporate traveler that is based in New York that has to come to Lima and then wants the quality of Wynwood? Um, is, is that something that you guys are attacking, just that, that traditional corporate business traveler? Completely. And it, it wasn't something that we envisioned would be such, such an important customer segment when we started. Uh, or if you would have asked the end of 20, 2019, who was the ideal customer segment? Exactly what you just said, no? Someone that looked like us, like the founders, young people that are very budget savvy, but want to travel the world and, and get to know new cities. But especially since COVID hit and tourism disappeared, we had to start looking around for different customer segments. And, and what we've seen with corporate travel is that the frequency in which people travel has, uh, has gone down, but the duration of the stays has increased. So people are traveling more uh, less often for work, but staying longer. And this particular business trip fits a lot better with uh, staying in a fully furnished apartment instead of a hotel room. So we've been doing a big push for B2B and corporate travelers the past six months, I would say, uh, closing alliances with embassies, multinationals, um, startups, and it has been going very, very well. Um, I would say that it's a, a customer segment that we don't target necessarily with our branding and typical uh, social media approach, um, but we, we cater through a more traditional uh, B2B segment. Um, but in the end, the product uh, fits, caters to your needs as well. And could you talk a little bit more about how you price the traditional Winwood houses and then the cost of Winwoods as well? And, and do you look at what, what comparable benchmarks within each market do you price against? Yeah, um, the good thing is that there's a lot of data available uh, in, our, in all the markets that we operate. So we usually try to position ourselves within the top 10, 15% of available properties uh, on platforms such as Airbnb, Expedia, VRBO. Um, so we have a very robust uh, revenue management team with dynamic prices and, and it's crazy how much more revenue we're able to, to get than what we did at the beginning just by having these automated and semi-automated algorithms um, changing in based of occupancy and specific uh, specific dates, seeing how much how many trends and and just the market is moving. Um, but so we basically, for, for in in in, sh in summary, we position ourselves versus the local competitors uh, that are renting out apartments. Usually, people that are um, that are leasing out their apartments in a more a mom and pop shop manner. Um, and we also position ourselves against traditional hotels. We're not competing against the super luxury, small uh, luxury hotels or five-star hotels. We're competing more against a three, four-star. Um, and, and we usually try to get a 20, 30% discount versus these hotels, uh, comparable ones. So it's not only are you getting a better experience, but uh, just based on price, we're getting an advantage um, as well. And so you're operating in all these different jurisdictions. I think this in juxtaposition to some of the other founders who have come on who just have like a pure SaaS solution, you're coming into different rules, different laws, unions, labor restrictions, you know, maybe hotel, like families that own the hotels in certain jurisdictions don't want you to operate there. Like what, what, are, what are some of those, those crazy stories about having like a physical, tangible good and service that you're producing in Latin America? Have there been, have there been issues confronted there? No. Completely, and and I think we've learned we've learned a lot of things along the way. Um, the first one is that when we started, it was 
four founders, uh, all less than 25 years old, trying to, and we would rent a couple of apartments. We designed and remodeled them completely from the start. So at the beginning, we had more scattered apartments all over, and we quickly realized that it's not sustainable to have a, have short-term rental units in buildings where you have had the same, um, I don't know, neighbors that have lived there for the past 50 years. No, it, it, it's not compatible, um, and, and, and people don't really like us in, in those buildings at first. So that was a quick finding, and now we're mostly... I would say 80% of our new units are in full buildings where we control 100% of the experience, where we control from the front desk. Um, we can control the, the maintenance, the cleaning of the common areas. So, so clearly the brand is going in that direction. Uh, in terms of crazy stories, everything, you know, from, from dealing with uh, crazy brokers, uh, trying to, to get in, in the middle of deals uh, in, in, when we're just landing in, in a new country. We've had a couple of Especially during the pandemic, people renting the apartments and 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 not giving the the best appropriate uses for them and, and having to go intervene, take them out. So it's it's a little bit of everything, but uh, but it's been it's been a great experience. And I think what's worked great has been Juan Garay, uh, my co-founder. He he loves to do this initial step of going into new market, not knowing anyone, started creating the business and and renting out the first the first couple of units, and he's already done it in several several countries. So, so he's usually the one who's navigating the most uncertainty uh, when, when we start a new, a new operation. Wow. So what are you most excited about right now? Um, most excited right now, eh, I would say a couple of things. The first one is to, to open our, our Spain and, and European operation. We're almost there. It's been, been a, a, t- a tough task for the last couple of months, oper- opening the, the, the legal setup, hiring the first couple of, of team members. Um, and we already just saw the building visited a couple of weeks ago and it's in the final stages. So very excited for that. And and in general, with how the company's going, no, I think it's it's a very tough time for, for VC, for startups. Um, last year, we grew 4X. This year, we're the, the objective is to end with over 2,000 apartments. We've maintained a double-digit healthy EBITDA for the past couple of years besides growing fast. So, so to be honest, I'm, I'm, it's not easy work, but I'm very happy with how, how the company is, is going and, and showing the resiliency, not only of the model, but also of the team. You mentioned the VC component. How much have you guys fundraised? And was it easy to fundraise for this sort of you know, semi-traditional type business as opposed to, you know, as I mentioned previously, like... I think what some VCs might be more comfortable with is like that, you know, SaaS recurring revenue type product. It wasn't easy at all. So we we raised a pre-seed round late 2019. And then we we had 25 apartments and the pandemic hit us. So in the end, it was you could say it was good and bad. The the the, the tough part was the cleaning team couldn't even show up to the apartments. We had to clean the apartments ourselves. The landlords were calling me every day trying to kill me because we hadn't paid their rent. So it was a tough time, but we quickly realized a couple of things. The first one was that the, the model that we had, that was the fixed rent and sublease model wasn't scalable in the long run because it was way too capital intensive and, and had way super high liabilities. So that was a quick learning. Um, but right after being able to shift our model and going to a very scalable and, and cash efficient one, we were ready to raise our seed round. And you can imagine during COVID, um, a, a prop tech slash hospitality company in Latin America, no VC wanted to touch the space. So, so that was tough, um, but I think it, it shaped the, co- the, the way the company and culture is set today. If that wouldn't have happened, 
uh, we probably wouldn't have had that super profitability first mindset and, and ingrained in the company culture in the 500 people that work for Winwood uh, today. So, so the positive part was that we were able to grow with debt from the beginning in a very profitable manner. Uh, we raised our seed round in, in a couple of steps. So the first part of the seed round was with more traditional investors, people that were involved in real estate, um, a couple of large funds. And the second part of the seed round, we did incorporate Fen Ventures and Imagen Capital um, two VCs that that led around. So, so to be honest, I, I really like the mix and how it's evolved because we have that VC mentality of go big. We want to really create a global brand that totally redefines the way how people travel. But we also have people on the cap table that really know the real estate business at scale, have have raised several uh, real estate funds, and and know that part of the business. So, I think we have this good mix between more traditional and more VC uh, VC focused investors. And so what do you and, do? And asking to, and sorry, finishing the question, you're saying how much we raised. We, we raised um, around 3.5 million in, in equity capital um, and, and the rest uh, around five, well, we're around 3.5 million in debt, but we're about to close a, a 5 million debt extension. Um, so, so yeah, we're very happy with because we've been able to grow a lot with a relatively small amount of, of equity capital raised. Wow. Wow. So um, you have, you said over 500 employees, you have all this money raised, all these different properties, all these different people who basically eat and live because of the company that you've created. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do on a day-to-day basis to stay grounded, focused, and productive? I think, I think um, thankfully that's, that, that hasn't been an issue so far. I think just uh, being involved in still very involved in the, in the day-to-day um, overseeing the, the operations, the metrics, there's always new things to do, problems to solve. Um, and so I, I would say that that the mentality of we're not even close to what we want to achieve. So so we're not in the mindset of look what we've built, that this is amazing and 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 kind of sitting back. I think we're very much still in, in grind mode and and not even 10% of the, the size of the company that we want to to achieve. So so yeah. Amazing. Okay, so finally, I have to ask Peter Thiel's famous contrarian question, but with a uniquely <laughs> VC twist. What important truth about Latin America do very few people agree with you on? That's a great question. Very few people agree with me on. I think, and this is something that we've seen opening already four countries. Every time we go and, and we're talking to either potential country managers or big real estate players, everyone tends to believe that their country is super different to everything else. So th- th- that happens all the time. It's like, no, 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 you have no idea. In Mexico, this works like this, 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 this. In Colombia, this won't work. So people usually believe, um, and I think tend to uh, overestimate the, the cultural differences in a different Latin American countries, and and I, I, I'm, there are a lot of differences, and you have to adapt to local cultures. But in the big picture, big scheme of things, when especially when we've had to open four countries in in three years, there are a lot more similarities than differences. So I would say that is a that is something that most people have have disagreed with with us on, and 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 usually that's when we usually receive a lot of um, pushback from teams. It's like when we're trying to change or or implement something different in the business model. It's like, no, no, this won't work in 
Peru, for example. Um, but in the end, uh, <laughs> thankfully for us, there's been a lot more similarities than differences. That might be one of the best answers for the the final Peter Thiel question because everybody al- always says the opposite. So it's very interesting that you, that you took that that stance. So Ignacio, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to come on the SME BC podcast today. I very much appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And well, congrats on everything you're doing. Keep it up. Thank you for watching this episode of Samia BC. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you view the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Borman Trip. And be sure to check out our newsletter, DealFlow LA, which can be found by going to dealflow.la.